What is up, everybody? It's Armand here, back with another episode. This episode was really interesting. Just finished filming. It was with Ibrahim, the founder of Light Up Digital Marketing. And after the first 10 minutes, I completely threw away my script and we just talked about whatever we talked about. He, as a digital marketer, has a background in psychology and we went really deep into a lot of life's topics, a lot of life's mysteries and uh, the difference between meaning and purpose. Uh, We went over how you can be more intentional with your life. And I even challenge you, listener, that's right. I give you a challenge. It's not homework. It's just a challenge. So if you want to check that out and see what it's about, go ahead and give this a listen. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Play Hard Podcast. Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard, work hard. We'll get it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Eves, man. Thank you for coming. I'm glad you can make it. <clears throat> no worries. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah. And now you're the first guest I've had that's actually been referred to me by another guest. Shout out Stephen Pemberton. He told me all about you and said, have him on the show. So real quick, what, how do you know Stephen? Like, how'd you guys meet? Stephen, backtracking again, got introduced by another mutual friend. Um, so yeah, shout out for the introduction there. And we we had a chat. Um, went really really well. And I think it, I think it was a, just a quite a organic and natural conversation. And from there, Stephen, you know, mentioned or I perhaps even asked him, you know, where can we? You know, I think it was at the time we were having the chat, and I said, Stephen, I wish this conversation was being recorded. <laughs> and then <laughs> at, at that point, he was saying, you know, the topic of podcast came up, and then your name dropped in, and. Here we are today, sort of thing. Nice. I appreciate it, man. Networking is beautiful. You just have a good conversation. You pass it along. P- pretty much. This is the thing. You never know when or where things will happen. So it's about having the relationship, keeping the bridge open, and just letting things flow, so to speak. Yeah. And it's it's really important to just, I mean, honestly, be your honest self with anyone or anywhere. Whatever thing you're doing, whether it's a podcast, whether you're starting a company with your team, Just because something like this could happen. Yeah, you meet someone and they're like, hey, someone comes to mind. You should go on their show. It's pretty sweet. No, absolutely. And this is especially, I mean, you mentioned to me this podcast is targeted at the growing individuals. And, you know, when you're at that stage and it's very much control mindset where what's the shortcut what's the how can i control yeah my environment to get there quicker and you know that sort of thing and you look at guys in their 50s and they're worried about oh what's the result in 50 years from now it's very long yeah. thinking, you know so it's like lose the control and just you know get to work <laughs> man that's so true you see it all over twitter and linkedin that everyone's kind of looking for growth hacks and like how to yeah. speed up your growth and really the in my opinion, you know, I'm still young, but hey, this is just my opinion is the consistency is the most important part, but it's also the most boring. Like a lot of people ignore or sleep on the fact that success really comes from just repeated, really boring, but the same fundamental and important actions every single day. And yeah. like that's, I mean, if you want a secret, that's it. It's just no one wants to hear. It's not sexy. It's not a, a silver yeah. bullet, I guess. I mean, the thing is, is that when you look at Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook, now even LinkedIn, there is plenty of content out there that number one has no substance. You know, you can, I mean, it's not difficult to rewrite a growth hack quote from your bedroom when you've accomplished <laughs> nothing, right? I mean, yeah. funny story, I actually know of, not, not know him personally, but there's people in, you could say, foreign countries, for example, India, and these people get paid to generate traction on accounts. So they'll write anything to get paid. I mean, they could care less whether it's educating someone. I mean, at the end of the day, they've got engagement, shares, likes, and some of these memes will get millions of likes, you know, and that's all it is for them. So be careful what you see. And nowadays, when you're busy scrolling, you don't have time to check the source. So if yeah. you don't have time to check the source, then check the environment instead, you know. It's it's, it's one of those ones, you know. Yeah. Um, but going, going back to the point of growth, um, growth hacks, when you say consistency, I mean, <clears throat> you could find – Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. I mean, I'm naming some big names that we all know. And these guys will have their own growth hacks that they've developed over 50 years of their life. And yes, a percentage of what they've done could apply to a percentage of your scenario and what you're going through. But the emotional state that they were in the physical state, the mental state, the times as well. Like some of them, like Warren Buffett's pretty old compared to us. Like he grew up in a different time. There were different tools, different uh, just ways of doing business that worked really well for him, but it's, it's very different for us now. Exactly. And, and whilst you can take some sort of wisdom from it, I mean, if you're looking for a like for like shortcut, it doesn't apply to your state of environment, everything that we've just said. So, the, the, I think the, the way consistency comes into the picture is more so that you're basically figuring shit out. I mean, that's, that is what it is. This is where consistency gets boring because when you're figuring stuff out, 99 times you're figuring out what doesn't work to then find out what does. I mean, if you look at the process of when people used to mine gold from rivers, um, you know, it was a very tedious process. It wasn't gold under every rock, you know, it was about yeah. finding how the river bends and where they would, what uh, filters they would use and all this sort of thing. And they would go months on end with nothing, you know, but you, the point being is that they would go through a lot of mud to get there. And um, even then, like the people who ended up really striking it rich and being successful to the point of coming out with a company that's still around today from the gold rush was Levi's. They sold the jeans that yeah. all those like gold diggers went to go mine pan gold with. And so it's like sometimes thinking just one step around the actual big bad of the time is good. So I think going back, yeah, so pretty much nailing consistency on the head is I would say the best thing that somebody growing could realize is that there is no shortcut and that if you can take your time to figure stuff out, it will be less stressful. I mean, you could be stressed about it as well, but you still have to figure out like, you cannot shortcut the time. You will have to put in three, four, five, maybe 10 years until you get there. So you can either be stressed about that 10-year period or you can enjoy it, but you're going to have to be consistent to get that yeah. result anyway. You know? So it's like, how, it's like, what do you want to make of it? You know, it's, it's what you make of it. That's, that's the point. 
That's definitely, that's like what people say when they say, enjoy the journey. Um, someone I know who does that really well. Have you ever read the book principles by Ray Dalio? I've heard of, not, not read it. It's, it's really cool. Um, Ray Dalio, he was the, the founder of the currently the largest hedge fund in the world. And what he did is he wrote a book on like every decision he's ever made, every kind of like thing he does in his life, both business, personal, he goes through like a guiding set of principles. And then he kind of writes in the book, what his principles are like first half of the book is in work principles. Second half is his life principles. And then he goes on to say like, what I've noticed, what works for me might not work for you, but what I've noticed works for most people is a lot of your life is just a series of moments that you've already kind of experienced, but you're just going about it without thinking of how did I deal with this last time? So if you come up with a set of principles of like, whenever I'm in this situation, this is how I react. Okay. That didn't work. Let me try something different. Uh, let me try like a different outcome until you find one that works and continue going. So his book is, is telling like I've in my, when I was in these situations, I did this and it turned out this way. It worked. It was successful. Let me keep going. And he kind of like goes through the formula of how to write your own life principles, which I yeah. found was really cool and really helpful. I think that's, so that is an interesting perspective, but I would say that if you spend your whole life trying to figure out the best way to do stuff, my question would be, let's say you figured it out. Let's say you figured out the best way to deal with every single situation. Then what? Let's say you've done it just for talking sake. Let's say you've managed to figure out the best way to make money, the best way to settle down, the best way to get your house, whatever the hell you want to do. Imagine you figured it all out. Then what? You know, then what? I mean, yeah. really ask yourself, then what's going to happen? I mean, is that it? But you figured it out. And then, I mean, the question that I'm getting at here is to what end, you know? Yeah, I guess in that sense, like my my reply would be, you'll never find the best way just because, you know, as humans, we're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. We'll never be able to find yeah. like the number one, this, well, like this one size fits all. But I think it's getting a little better every time. Kind of like that whole. Yeah, consistency. You know, yeah, consistency that like uh, 1% growth. Like that little thing is, I like to think of things. How could I have done that better? Sure, sometimes. I don't know. Like I, I simply don't know how I could have done it better, but I know just not being a perfect being that, Hey, maybe there is another way of going about it. Yeah. I think the point I'm getting at more is that if you make being better, the end goal, then it doesn't like, there is no, you can't really derive meaning from it. Cause like, yeah, no, I see what you're, so I mean, the book's based on principles. I'm saying, okay, if you make becoming better the end goal, let's say you do get there. I mean, then what, you know? But what I'm saying is that if you have more of a purpose-based end goal where you have a purpose, which is nine times out of 10, 9.5 times out of 10, which is to serve other people in the way that you choose to do so, then yes, you have to make yourself better to serve them better. But then you also, do, you know, you get fulfillment from there as well. But then you can't, obviously, you're not going to achieve that, but yeah. you're still deriving fulfillment from there along the way. No, so, that's that's fantastic, dude. I just realized I'm throwing my own my own biases into here because three days ago, I had this conversation with someone where I was saying, I kept trying to be better. And she was like, why don't you try just being? Mm-hmm. But even if you were being, to what end? That's true. Like being would mean that 
you're going to like, for example, sit there. I mean, if you want to say being, imagine you were a monk sitting there meditating for, this is nothing against monks, but if you were sitting there meditating for 50 years and you were being for 50 years, what came off that? Did you serve anyone? Did you actually gain fulfillment? Otherwise, you know, you know, that's it. It's like a moot point almost. Yeah. I guess it is like very personal. Like as long as you derive fulfillment from it and you feel like you're doing that, like you're living, then so fulfillment can only come. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, what is the meaning of life? This is a big question that's coming in this day and age. What is the meaning of life, guys? Someone tell me, and everyone has their own answer and what have you, but it's a trick question. Life has no meaning. Life has only purpose. And from purpose, you will get meaning, but there is no meaning in life. It's, you know, there's, there's a purpose and you figure out what the purpose is. And then when you have the purpose, you will have tools that you can use yeah. to achieve the purpose tools. Like in your meaning. words, what's the difference between meaning and purpose? Just out of curiosity. So meaning is more of like a definition so to speak, like, what does it mean? Like, what is, the, what is the definition of this? There is no definition of like, that doesn't make sense. You know, purpose is, for example, I mean, purpose in terms of a definition would probably be better off finding Google's definition to begin with. And then I can sort of derive it from there. But Google's definition of purpose says here, a reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists and a second definition of the noun would be a person's sense of resolve or determination. And these are both noun definitions. If I have a look at the verb definition, it says have as one's intention or objective. Intentions, so, the, the one that that popped, the word that popped in my head was that purpose yeah. is more like living your life with a specific intention in mind or like what you do has a specific kind of meaning to you. Yeah. And when you intend to do something, when intention allows actions to have meaning. So, you know, actions are based from intentions, right? <clears throat> so without intention, it's, it doesn't make sense, you know? So if you have a look at the intention and the purpose, then, you know, this gives things meaning, you know, basically. Yeah. That, that, that's it. So that, that's, that's where the meaning comes from. But the point being is that bettering yourself, being being the fastest, being the strongest, being the best at the gym, you know, having financial stability. These are all tools to what end? What is the goal here, guys? What's the purpose for you? And everyone doesn't have to need to have a universal purpose. It depends on what your personality against your skills and attributes are to then serve other people, which is, it always comes down to serving other people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part I, I definitely agree with. And this was a, a long intro. I haven't even said what you do. Now this is <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what I do, to be honest with you. <laughs> this is uh this is Ibrahim. He's the founder of Light Up Digital Marketing Agency. Um yeah. And and he is a deep motherfucker. That's what we picked up from this first part. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'll give you guys a little bit of an insight. So you know, you know, at the start I said check your source. So telling you about myself is almost checking the source of, you know, where I'm, this is coming from. So <clears throat> my background is psychology. Um, I've had a clinic for a couple of years, um, maybe almost a couple of years. And we, you know, it was mainly learning, learning disorders and autism that I was pretty good with with kids and adults. It was more so, you know, trauma and PTSD. 
And um, it was good. It was exciting. Um, my background through and through before the clinic and even through it was always been sales as well. So I've always had that sales and psychology. And I think more so, I just like to understand how people work um, and that sort of thing. So from there on, you know, there wasn't, you can say one of the pivots that I personally made is that there wasn't really a work-life balance for me. I mean, when it comes to, if you have a skill set, so going back to purpose and serving other people, <clears throat> when you have a skill set, you have an obligation to you know serve. So when you're talking about people's problems, everyone has problems 24-7. So it turned out I was working 24-7. So I thought, let me transition into a way where, you know, and this is where I went into marketing, which is essentially the same thing. It's just businesses instead of people. And we just try and bring more of a unique approach to marketing rather than your traditional textbook do this, do that, do yeah. this. You know, we are more of why, what's the strategy, and then execute sort of thing. So this is kind of what makes us. But yeah, um, yeah, you can see I'm a bit of a philosophical thinker <laughs> in a way. <laughs> so how has your how's your psychology background impacted that marketing, and what how does that how does the psychology aspect that you bring as a founder? make mm-hmm. light up different from the other, you know, digital marketing agencies that are out there? Um, <clears throat> I, so th- this goes back full circle to what I was saying at the start. Right? So if you're a digital marketing agency, they'll have, you know, a purpose to serve their target audience in the best way they can, whether it's a business, whether it's a coach a consultant or whoever their target market is whether it's a small business a blue chip company you know they have an obligation to serve otherwise they'll get a bad review lose clients and yeah you know so um i think what makes us different is who we want to serve and how we want to serve them and that's through me as a person that's this is where i come in you know so um what makes us different is me that's it (laughs) you know there's nothing more to it i can i can't you know i could say that we're we're better at this or we're faster at that or we have nicer this and that but it doesn't matter what what makes us different is me you know that's my background I mean I've always had a natural somewhat instinct to understand people and this is I followed my skill set and accepted what I was good at to then go into psychology and then you know went into marketing and um, that's you know that's it there's nothing more to it you know Um, pretty much yeah yeah. I always say it's not about me, you know, it's always about you guys. You know, it's not people say to me, you know, <clears throat> I mean, one thing I'll say to you guys is everyone nowadays is sharing their stories of where they've came from. You know, I started off here, I started off in the slums and I've done this and I've done that. And whilst that's admirable, that's their story, it's not yours, you know. I mean, there's millions of stories out there now. And if you're not motivated yet, then I don't think how an extra story is going to make a difference, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not about them. It's about you, you know? So it's a more of it looking within, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's a important thing about marketing that I've learned is that it really is. Nobody really cares about what you're doing. They care about what you're doing. How can it help them? How can it make, you know, their lives better, easier, maybe faster, yeah. stronger in, in that way. So how does that kind of play out in the marketing that you do? Kind of like making things more about the customer than the company themselves. So I think there's more focus on, I don't know if it's acknowledging ego or 
gaining approval to the person telling the story that, you know what, look at me, look at my accomplishment. But if you look at most of the stories, I mean, nine times out of ten when I look online and I see a story, I see less wisdom and lessons in there than I do see the story, you know. So I don't think it's really about the story. I think it's about what have you learned that then you can help someone with. It always comes back to purpose, to the Yeah, that is a interesting point. Have you ever heard of the book Story Worthy? <laughs> not no. It's a it's a pretty interesting book. It was written by this guy. He, he's a he's a big storyteller. He's won a bunch of competitions. There's like a whole <laughs> storytelling circuit. And one lesson that really stuck out is that a lot of the ways people tell stories aren't actual stories. Like for something to be a true, like impactful wisdom story, there has to be a moment of change that happens to the main character. Like yeah. you think about it, a lot of times people tell stories of things that happened, but they never say, how was their life affected? How were you different before and after this, you know, event happens? And a lot of times that change happens within a five second period. And yeah. it was like really interesting to see now that I'm like looking at more stories and like dissecting them more. I'm thinking like, yeah, a lot of the stuff I've said, they're really just like anecdotes or even like not even stuff that that is worth saying sometimes just because there was no impactful moment of change and i think that's where the wisdom you're talking about derives from is how did someone go from not believing in something for example to believing it after this small period of time yeah and um on the back of that another thing that i would say is that i mean this is my opinion guys you don't need to listen to me i'm a nobody but (laughs) a lot a lot of things that we're talking about in this day and age. I mean, the human race, if anything, is actually devolving, right? Not not going the other way, we're going backwards because we're trying to consciously become more aware of little things that are affecting us in our journey, right? So give me an example. So we want everything here and now, right? So don't want to open up a farm. I want to lab grow meat. I don't want to build a house. I want to 3D print it. I don't want to wait two weeks for delivery I want today you know it's like I don't want to wait I want I know what I want I'm aware of it and I want it right you go back a couple of thousand years ago right people would travel on a horse for two weeks to make one decision maybe a waste of time in today's day and age but there's a certain beauty when you take your time that you open doors for other things to come in and help you on your journey but if you become so controlling that so it's like, so you've got a tree, right? I'll give you an analogy here. <clears throat> you've got a tree and the tree in the trunk of the tree is the, you know, the biggest part of the tree. And then it goes up and you've got the little branches. So we're living in DNAs now where everyone's worried about little branches. Oh, what about this part? What about that part? What about that part, right? But you just focus on the trunk of the tree and let everything else just happen. You know, that's that's my sort of way of thinking. And what that allows you to do is that allows you to focus on more umbrella problems and when i say umbrella problems i mean like more root of the problem rather than yeah the little things that surround it because you'll be at it all day if you think of the little things i mean there's a there's probably a billion different possibilities and variations that you could worry about and these all contribute to stress as well you know because you're adding more on your plate but you need to think about the core what are what is the purpose what are you trying to do you focus on that and as long as you're doing action and as long as you're betting so as long as you're doing it to the best of your ability as long as the next day is better than the previous day there's nothing more that you can do and then you can be more content as well 
you know? And yeah, I agree. It is important to take a step back and look at the, uh, kind of take a little audit on yourself and say, am I focusing on the things that are going to move the needle forward? Am I doing the things that are big picture rather than, you know, getting stuck on the weeds? Cause a lot of times that is, I spend, you could spend so much time on something that's not going to grow you that much versus like one 15 minute call that'll like change your whole day. Yeah. And it's really important. So you know, so for example, if you look at an example of somebody getting a job, right? And people say that nine to five jobs, oh, you don't be nine to there's a big like trend of don't be nine to five. Oh, I've and, seen that, yeah. You know, like I know be, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what the exact source of this is, but don't be a nine to five, be an entrepreneur and it's very fashionable and work extra hours and but if you really think about it, there's nothing wrong with doing a nine to five. I mean, look. If you are a optician, if you're medical or a titled degree, like a lawyer or a doctor or something like this, and you're doing a 95, to me, that's quite amazing, right? But if your job is to serve other people in the way of medicine or in the way of law or whatever it is, you could always be better by coming back home and learning more things about it, reading other I don't know, uh, precedent or I don't know how it works with a lawyer, reading new things developing in medicine or, you know, thinking about how you could do <clears throat> pro bono work and work in the community for free. I mean, there's more ways to serve, right? So just because you work in a nine-to-five, the only limitation in essence is your scope of what you can achieve with your skill set. You know, that's it. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with a nine-to-five. Um, so much as like the job role in itself, what's wrong is your ambition or so what you want to achieve as a purpose is it's like nothing. And you're worried about paying the bills and putting, you know, and these like, like really basic things, which yes, they matter, but you know, it goes back to my other point. Let's say you pay the bills. Let's say you have food on the table. Then what? <laughs> you know, then what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I my t- my take on the whole nine to five thing versus being an entrepreneur is like a lot of people don't want to do the nine to five thing, but they don't understand how much work it takes to start something on their own and then get back their time. Like that doesn't just happen overnight. They have to put in a lot of effort and a lot of hours first in order mm-hmm. to be getting back their time. It could take years. And so my thing is like, I think a lot of people just don't want to work. And they say, oh, I'm getting out of this nine to five. Let, let me be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur and get my time back. But you don't just get yeah. your time back. You kind of have to build up to that, which takes a lot more work than just nine to five in the beginning to earn more of your time back later. Yeah. I, again, that's just my take. But No, I, I would agree. And I think that people that are leaving the nine to five, I mean, obviously it depends on once again intention, right? But <clears throat> if you're... If somebody becomes an entrepreneur from a nine-to-five, like a genuine switch, it's normally because the nine-to-five isn't fulfilling their purpose. Yeah, yeah that's not, very true. It's not, it's not because they're looking to cut corners. It's because, if anything, they want to do more than they can in the nine-to-five, so then they go without out with that. You know? So it is a very, yeah. very clear difference there. It's not because they're being lazy and looking for, oh, I want to work two hours a day instead of, you know, that's it's probably because 95 is not enough in what they want to achieve, you know, or what they want to fulfill. So they're yeah. thinking, okay, well, I need to do this myself, you know? And yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. That's funny. We're talking about the the same exact thing, but two different types of people. It's the people who want to leave because they just don't want to work versus you, the people who want to leave because they want to free up their time to pursue what they're actually meant to do, what their purpose yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, I am curious, how did you find your purpose? Like, how did that happen to you? Because it's something, I mean, I'll admit I'm still searching, uh, but how how did you find it? Um. I could either get very technical here or I could give you a ballpark answer. Which one do you want? Dude, whatever the heart tells you, whatever you want to say. Okay, I'll give you both. So easy answer is when, when you're finding something that's true to yourself, the only way to find out the best way to serve is to find out every way to serve almost. you know. So if you're not doing action in the first place you cannot then derive what is the best action that you could take because you've not done it in the first place you've not actually got anything to filter down from like there's no magic bullet that you'll automatically have a ray of light appear in front of you and you think oh this is what you're going to do no you you have to go out and you know so i could go back before i'm not going to but i could go back before the sort of psychology based i mean there has been a lot of things that have you know, better in the bush. But the thing is, the more that you're active, the more that you can then derive, oh, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this, you know. And if you look at purpose with being your ability to serve other people, then you have to look at, through my trial and error, what have I been good at and what have I not been good at? And then you look at the people that you want to serve. How can that best be applied to them? And then there's like a nice harmonious match where you've got something that almost that you were born to do. And you're serving other people and they're going to love you for it. And that's that's it, you know. But um, more technical answer would be that, and this is kind of derived from NLP, um, which is like neuro-linguistic programming. It's more like how your mind works and all that sort of thing, where, um, where <clears throat> we have, um, as human beings, we have whims, right? And... To give you a definition of people that don't know <clears throat> what a whim is, is basically you could say a sudden desire that is like unusual and you can't explain it, right? Yeah. Um, that's probably a better definition that I could have gave you. Um, but there's there's three things that we have, right? And everything that we want is normally... 10 times out of 10 is derived from one of these thing, three things. And you might think it's not, but it is. So either it's lack of approval, lack of control, or lack of security, right? So this is an exercise that we used to do is when somebody doesn't know what they want to do or you know they don't know what they want, we would say, okay, what is your, we'd ask the question, what is your deepest desire? You know, And if you guys want to try this now, if you do it properly, it will take you a good half an hour, maybe longer, right? Yeah. Um, so you ask yourself, what is your deepest desire? So let's say, you know, for me, I've managed to get really quite stuck in, but let's say I'm at the start of the process and I'm saying, okay, my deepest desire is I want to get a nice car. I'm thinking maybe a nice Bugatti. Uh, I want to get a nice house. Three, four stories, maybe a nice <clears throat> back game. Throw room. a good little elevator in there, maybe a little, a little elevator bowling, <laughs> bowling alley. Bowling alley, nice one for the cars. And then... You go back to the three <laughs> questions. So you say, okay, do I want this because of lack of, is, is, is this derived from my lack of control, security, or approval? 
and it will always fall within one of these. Now, for me, yeah. it can be, for somebody, it could be security to be financially secure. For somebody, it could be approval for their parents or from someone else. Or, but you really need to ask yourself. So let's say for me, it's approval. So I'm looking for approval. This is why I want these things, right? And if you think it doesn't fall into one of the three, believe me, it does, right? Don't call me out on it because I will make it fall into one of the three. Um, and if it, 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 you really need to think about it, which is why it takes time, but let's say it falls into approval. So then you ask yourself, okay, cool. Could I let go temporarily, just for talking sake, could I let go of wanting the house with the elevator, the Bugatti, the bowling alley? You know, could I let go of it? Okay, for temporarily, okay. If I didn't achieve it, okay, you know, I could let go of that. Then you fall back on, could I let go of wanting to get approval? <clears throat> yeah, okay, I could. Then you repeat the question. What is my deepest desire? Start again. Okay, so it's not the house and it's not the car. <clears throat> it is, I don't know. And then you just go on and on and on. You know, yeah. I can't really fake it at stage two because, you know, I, I even I know I'm going to try that in my free time. But I know those those three things reign true for sure, just because I think of uh, I do a lot of introspection. I think of why I do what I do. I'm also very interested in not just people's behavior, but like the reason for those behaviors and mm-hmm. kind of like underlying motivations. And I yeah. think for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, one of those is definitely why i do what i do like one of those three things just shines through and uh yeah i'm i want to try that exercise it sounds like sounds like i'll learn a lot yeah sorry when you lose control of these three pillars almost then underneath that you have a scale that i think it starts from apathy and it goes all the way to peace where you've got apathy grief um, and all these things and underneath that is where you have your emotions like anger fearful yeah this is where it all comes from you know so you have to go to the root eliminate start again and eventually you'll you'll get there yeah now what about your habits have you uh spent any time developing or cultivating any any habits or routines that kind of keep you going um so this is where it gets interesting because so are we talking about habits or are we talking about hobbies Habits. Hobbies hobbies will be in a second. Okay. So they're both one of the same, basically. But um oh interesting. Oh yeah, I want to hear your take on that. So <clears throat> hobby is something that you do in your spare time, right? But yeah, generally for me, it's like generally for fun or some sort of uh outlet to it for enjoyment, I, I like to think. So pleasure is temporary, right? contentment's forever right because that's the state of being like you are content pleasure will last you maybe a, a moment here a moment there and you spend your whole life chasing after it right till you reach the end of the end of the line and you're like ah damn it <laughs> you know i messed up <laughs> so there's a very clear difference and i hope everyone that's listening really understands the difference between pleasure and you know contentment when you're like at that content point, you know, you're not chasing after anything. You don't need alcohol. You don't need, you like know. Pure, pure, you're talking like pure joy, like just that feeling of of comfortable yeah. and, and happy without the need of an outside substance or like a temporary uh, yeah. pleasure. Like like not not the dopamine thing, but kind of like a yeah, 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 joy. Yeah. 
Pretty much, yeah. Not 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 the dopamine thing at all. No, um, I, I don't know what the exact technical term I need to go back on that. But it's basically, for example, um, it, it's pleasure. I think is the best definition. So it'd be more so, you know, your alcohol or your smoking your joints, your weed, and I know it's legal over there. And um, you know, going on your parties and your holidays, and you know, having a blast. And yeah. <clears throat> same question again guys to what end to what end you've done it you've got pleasure and then what right whereas from purpose we said that from purpose you derive fulfillment and fulfillment is that is when you're content so i'm not at this level i don't think but i know people who are and i can tell you some crazy crazy stories where you from an outside perspective we would think they're workaholics but for them, they're just in it. Like they're just in that zone of contentment because everything that they do is purpose-based. Yeah. Their hobbies are purpose-based. Everything is like they're for us, it's like they're always working, but their purpose is so like big and vast <clears throat> that they're they're getting the bigger the purpose is, the bigger the fulfillment, right? So they're just embracing and all that. And for them, it's just like, well, this is this is I'm having like, for us, it's like. What do you mean your hobbies is making yourself better? What do you mean your hobbies? <laughs> you know what I mean? How does that make sense? But yeah. Hobbies like, oh, I'm reading a book because I'm going to get better. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, you know, that sort of thing. So this is the one thing that we'll see. And in the back of that would be habits. And I think habits are really important because you could have the purpose, you could have the environment, you could have everything going for you. But I think habits are very important because habits – I mean, obviously, actions, not your thoughts. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. But really, what yeah. did you do? You know, that's what it, I mean. You need to ask yourself the hard question. I mean, yes, in your head, you've got a big plan mapped out and you've got it all, but what's your habit? I mean, you, you know, are you getting lazy later on watching TV and that sort of thing? And let's be clear, there's nothing wrong with watching TV, right? Is it in line with the big picture purpose that you had in your head? No, well, then you know you've just got it in your head you're not doing anything so i think habits are really important because they compound and uh, almost complement our sense of discipline to keep us on that path um, which is really important but in terms of hobbies well for me personally i mean i'm i'm a i love my um you know martial arts and you know your gym your fighting um you're an MMA it, guy, jiu-jitsu? What uh what kind do you do? All, all of the above, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm you know jujitsu, sambo, boxing, muay thai. Uh, oh, you do muay thai? That's sick. I've always wanted to try. I, I grew up doing a lot of martial arts when I was a kid. Uh, uh, just like a, my martial arts background is when I was younger, up until like middle school, I was a second degree black belt in taekwondo. And then after that, I started doing jujitsu for a couple of years. I tried I tried Krav Maga. It was interesting. It was like definitely like the fighting. The reason I left Taekwondo is more forms than fighting. I wanted to get kind of like fighting down and uh, Krav Maga was that fighting, but it was like pretty violent versus jujitsu where it's very like methodical and like you're almost solving a puzzle, but against Mm -hmm. another person. Um, And then I tried Tai Chi at one point just to like try the more um, like a more peaceful style. And it was, it was fun, but it's just not something that continued. But Going back to the original point, like these things that personally, I mean, yes, I enjoy them. I enjoy more of like personally for me, it's more the physics behind it all. Um, that's just mm. my, you know, 
personal enjoyment, but <clears throat> it's because the purpose is fixed in place. I'm not worried about the branches. It's more doing everything that I'm doing. I'm becoming better in the way that appeals to my personality and yeah. skills to then achieve it. You know, so it's as simple as that. So for me, when I'm going and taking a lunch break, I'm working because I'm refueling to get back out there. So it's still purpose-based. You know, there, there is no on and off switch. People think there's an on and off. There is no on and off switch. If you go to sleep, and people might disagree with this, but if you go to sleep to rest yourself, to get back out there and fulfill your purpose, then the sleeping part is a legitimate, actionable step to replenish your energy to then go back out there. It's one of the most important steps, quite honestly. Rest will directly impact your performance at work like the amount of sleep you get and whatnot but yeah i i agree like take that, that i think that goes into the uh intentionality we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. is everything mm-hmm. you do should have some sort of um reason and as long as it's aligned with what your purpose is then yeah. you're living a good life you're doing your best you're living what you can so i think you know one question i would ask to sort of as we're approaching almost the end of this is which is a shame but um as i would say if you look at your day-to-day life, since you wake up till you go to sleep every single day, how many actions can you honestly say you have an intention behind them? Can you honestly say that behind this action, I made an intention as to why I'm doing this action? And in the day and age that we're living in, if you can have more than 10 moments in a day, you're in the top 1%, in my opinion. I don't think, if you can even get above two moments in a day where you've thought, do you know what, when I sit down and I'm going to eat, this is so I can get energized, so I can go out and do that. And you actually say that to yourself. Listener, we're challenging you right now to, <laughs> to look at your life and every time you pick up your damn phone, are you doing it intentionally? Are you doing it for a reason? Are you doing it to learn? Yeah. Or are you just scrolling social media because you're bored and don't know what to do? We're asking you, be intentional. That yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And you know who I've noticed has a does like intentionality really well is uh, mm-hmm. true artists. Artists are very good about having reasons behind things because mm-hmm. it's kind of their job. Like to for something yeah. to be aesthetic and to match like a vision or a feeling or something like that. Like you have to have intention behind it. And I just know so many people who are. Like my younger brother's a musician and I know him like one time I remember wa- like going on a walk to go get some food with him and yeah. he just stops and looks at like this flower, this tree. He's like, dude, look at how beautiful that is. Like takes out his phone, starts taking photos and like starts matching the background with the shot and everything. Like he's a musician. He's not a yeah. photographer or anything, but like his just like, like his intention is always to see beauty wherever yeah. it may be. And yeah. he does it great. Like I, like when I think of someone who lives their life with a certain intention, like he's pretty good about it. So it, it is difficult, but like it takes training your brain in a whole different type of way. Yeah. And if you look at, for example, the piano player example, you ask him to play piano <clears throat> when his heart's not in it. And you ask him to do it when he's intending to make it the best piano piece ever. And even though he's pressing the same keys, it will not sound the same. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no. I do know. Yeah. So this is sort of the almost the, <clears throat> the final note, pun intended, pun intended, is that um, 
what's the intention, guys? When you wake up tomorrow morning, why are you even getting out of bed? If there's no intention there, and eventually what will happen is you don't want this to happen. I mean, we've got we've got a very rise in mental health <clears throat> over the male community, and to be honest, not even just male, it's rising. And the less intention, you know, we become, the more mental health there will be, and I can, you know, say that, because we are almost lost in our heads, and you will say you will need to have your supplements of whatever form it might be to make yourself content with what's going on in your head, but you're not your head, you know, so you need to remove yourself from that way. But, you know, you're not your mind and you're not your body. Almost. Like you're you are- definitely not your thoughts. That's yeah. one thing. That was yeah. one like realization that someone told me that changed everything is that uh, I don't really get to pick what my thoughts are. I get to pick how I react to them. <clears throat> and yeah. uh, that, that difference right there, very true. Yeah, I mean, we're not judged on our thoughts. We're judged on our actions, you know. That's yeah, exactly. That's correct. And and choosing which thoughts you react to is an action. That's an action in itself. That's why letting go the stuff that doesn't serve you, like that's helping you reach your purpose. That's helping you grow further because you're not spending time thinking about, you know, what someone else did on your lunch break and how they cut you off in traffic. Yeah, yeah. And then, <clears throat> and obviously if actions are based on intentions, then the better intentions you have, the better actions you have as well. You know? There you go. Eves, man. It has been so great talking. This has been a, a really interesting conversation. It was very, like a lot deeper than I thought. And I'm glad we kind of agreed not to do much prep before this, just to see where the <laughs> conversation <told> <laughs> flows. Like it is not where I thought it was going, but it was good stuff. Uh, now I only have a couple closing questions. Okay. And we'll get to, we'll get to plug your stuff, tell people where to find you. So uh, first of all, what kind of music do you listen to? Do you have any artists you recommend to the listener right now? Um, <clears throat> I personally don't listen to music. Hmm. Podcast? Podcast? Yeah, I'd listen to podcasts. Um, even then, podcasts is normally... I mean, right now I'm going through Diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett's. Um, but even at that, I'm more just doing my thing i mean i don't listen to music i'm not podcasts don't get me wrong guys i think podcasts is a great learning tool i think audible or amazon's audible uh, is a great learning tool there's people that do like share knowledge via books and i think that yes um 100 i think for me i just have i supplement that in other ways so i don't personally listen yeah what about um any recent favorite shows or movies no. I, I kind of figured, yeah, not, not yeah, your thing. I mean, look, um, shows or movies. Um, it has been a while, not going to lie to you guys. It's been a while since I've really sat and watched movies and TV shows, and I'm sure... Well, I'll, I'll ask you something else then. What, okay, if, if of the shows and movies that you remember, is there mm-hmm. any one that kind of fits like the the essence of that movie kind of fits who you are as a person like do you have any movie that just kind of like struck a chord in a way that like you can't explain but it's just it just felt like it resonated with you not at all i think they all resonate with me i mean when i used this couple they all resonate in their own perspective you know where it's like a motivational element with the when it's the climax of the movie you know everyone will get that feeling you know um, or the main yeah. character where you can relate on some one percent personality based relationship with that main character and he goes through something you think oh that's me but let's be honest guys that's a fictional character and you're not fictional you know you're a non-fictional character so 
Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, cage myself, so to speak, in that aspect. But yeah, I'm sure to the listeners, it must seem that I have a very boring life. I can assure you, I don't. I just don't. It's just not. Um, it's just not for me, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I've what got about, things to do. <laughs> what about any any books you're reading? Is that a Diary of a CBO? Uh, no, no, but I don't think he's got a book collection. I think he's only got a podcast. Um, in terms of books, there was one that has just came for the door today, which was like I said before that one. I'll tell you another one that I really liked. It was called Tribes by Seth Godin. Uh, got, Tribes got by Seth. Yeah, okay, I've I've heard that author. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, he's I like the way he writes. It's very like conversational. Um, it's less like knowledge 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 it's more just yeah absorb it easier so digest it easier so you know who writes like that is malcolm gladwell he does a really good job of like engaging the reader in you almost feel like you're he's speaking to you like you feel like he's kind of in the room presenting this information and he's talking about like some really well thought out well researched but he's just talking which is the style of writing i really like rather than it it feels like this textbook yeah. And you're just trying to get through the pages, but it's like valuable I'm, at the same I'm time. I'm going to check him out and um, yeah, definitely get on that. But yeah, I, <clears throat> I think that would be one of my shortfalls. I think I could read more uh, than I do. I think that could be one of the shortfalls um, yeah. that I have personally. I mean, I'm not in any way perfect. I think I could be reading more, doing more podcasts, doing more audibles to educate myself more than I am. But um, yeah. There's, there's one of your show falls. What are, what's one of your strengths? I would say one of them is your confidence, man. You come on here, you talk, yeah. you stay you, you talk about you. Yeah. What, what, what would you say is a, a strength of yours? Let's just go with what you said. Cause I, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I mean, All right. Sounds good. I mean, stre- strength is dependent on how, you know, almost the environment of that. You're yeah. So I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Very All much. right. Yeah. I didn't and, actually think of myself as being, I was just, being me almost so maybe it's more competence that's came across i think yeah definitely i mean i think that's what what confidence is is how comfortable are you whether it's an environment you're familiar with or not familiar with like how comfortable are you being Mm -hmm. yourself or or being okay with failing that's another important part of it because when you do something new you're gonna fail that's just the nature of the game that's the learning curve but are you okay with failing and learning from it um because a lot of people just are simply not you know, I mean, I'm sure you know the difference between confidence and competence. And people start talking about it a bit more now. Um, confidence is almost a, <clears throat> not real because it's what you think you argue that. And then competence is what you argue that. So it's like finding the difference between the two because once your confidence barrier comes down and there's nothing left behind it, um, then you know you're gonna you're gonna want to close the curtains and stay hidden from everyone but um competence is knowing what you are and what you're not and there's nothing wrong with knowing what you are because the sooner you accept it the sooner you can turn that into something special you know so yeah and lastly where can people find you you can't i'm gonna disappear now again (laughs) you're not gonna be able to find me now um i think on linkedin i think when you put this um podcast out on linkedin um tag me in it yeah i usually i do when i do the post i tag you tag your company Um, if you got a twitter handle i'll throw that in there no i think linkedin is probably the best bet to be honest um i'm quick quicker to respond on there yeah Uh, so if you tag me in it and then guys if you guys have got 
any questions, any way that I can serve you, let me know. And I will do my best to do that intentionally. (laughs) Intentionally, that's the key word. And don't forget, listener, you better be checking your intentions. Yeah, yeah. All right, Eves, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. This is a great conversation. No problem. Thank you. And I'll catch you guys soon. Cheers, man. (laughs) 